You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. My new best friend today is Jim Mondanero. Jim and I uh, have been friends and sort of business associates for many years. He'll be talking about his career in uh, yoga, how he came to Iowa City and developed the restaurant business and uh, his other uh, business, the bread garden. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank a community bank since 1893, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank. Prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, Jim, welcome. I'm excited you're here today. Um, I can't remember when we first met, but it's been uh, more than uh, 20 years, shall we say. But... um, uh, why don't we uh, start, the, uh, but maybe we should start at the end rather than start at the beginning. Uh, recently, in the last couple of weeks, you've opened a new uh, reunion uh, operation downtown Iowa City. Tell us about that a little bit because people have been talking about that want to know what's going on down there. Well, it's the redo uh, of the old field house, Giovanni space, and the gray space. All three of those buildings with the development that the Tailwind Group when, did. They took all those buildings from where Martini's is all the way up to Giovanni's and really cut them in half. They this were is on the Ped Mall now. Yeah, City, on right? the Ped Mall. Yeah. And they were 150 feet deep. And so, except for the Giovanni space, they cut them all off uh, at about 75 so that they could build that nine story apartment complex on the south side behind them. Mm-hmm. So what was left was 75-foot deep properties that then became what Reunion is today. And so we used all three floors, the basement, the main floor, as well as the second floor on two of the the buildings uh, and part of a third. So it's still kind of in process, but that's what it is in a nutshell. Yeah, so you're open. Right. We're open, uh, yeah, and it's it's a unique operation. It's uh, of all the operations I've done, and I've done a lot of them in my lifetime. This one here is very unique. It has a very big city feel to it. The, as they'd say, the vibe uh, in there is 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 really special. Um, but again, as all new buildings and businesses when they open up, our job right now is to keep our finger on it the pulse of it to see how it actually generates itself to be but you can go in there and from a speakeasy in the basement to the main brewery that is a full-fledged five barrel system where the brewers are actually brewing the beer as you sit behind the bar or sit at the bar you can see the brewery process and then the kitchen that services those two floors and then the second floor which is for live entertainment um, uh, or uh, mixed music that can also be for wedding rehearsals, any kind of event. But all three floors in their own unique way lend themselves to event space that can transition itself out of a public venue to a private venue. Well, it's, it's exciting. It's a great asset for the community, I think. And So you're open uh, 
for dinner in our restaurant is open for dinner, right? Yeah, yeah the biggest uh, obstacle that we've ran into, uh, which always uh, opening a business is not easy, but you know, post COVID and uh, what we're dealing with is being able to hire enough kitchen people. So if you're listening to this and you want to work in a brand new kitchen with people that have been doing this for a long time and you want to learn some things, come on down because we need kitchen <laughs> help. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the pay rate that you give people to work in a kitchen now, even on the front of the house, everything is escalated. Sure. And I think from a consumer standpoint, when they see prices, sometimes they get a little bit shocked. But, you know, it all has a ripple effect. So um, that has been the biggest issue for us in being a seven-day-a-week restaurant brewery. So right now, the hours of operation are Tuesday through Saturday, dinner from 5 to close. Although this Saturday for the game, they're going to open up with a limited menu at 11 o'clock. But pretty much we're closed on Sunday and Monday. But the goal is to be open seven days a week because that's what we want to be doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like banks. I've always thought about banks. They close on Saturday and Sunday, but they keep charging interest on those days that they're closed. Well, we need to be open on those days that we're not open now because we need to have that revenue to pay interest. <laughs> well, we appreciate your commitment to the local banking community. Yeah, I guess the people, I think, know you her from the, the restaurant business, things you've done, maybe from the yoga business, but tell us about the beer business. A few years ago, you're brewing your beer. It's, it's called Reunion Right. And you've got this place in Heinz Road. So tell us about because this is not just some, you know, buying the beer off the street, right? Well, we opened a brewery at an existing location that's been in our, that we've owned since 94. And that used to be Mondo's Tomato Pie. And then it. In Coralville. In Coralville. Yeah. And as things change, it's always been my job to, keen, to, to change with things and invigorate. And, you know, the Coralville. Johnson County sector from when I opened up in 94, I don't know how many more restaurants have come into uh, reality, but probably over 100. So the competition has greatly increased. And so we changed that to a brewery because we wanted to have something that was unique to us. And so that has a 10 barrel system. Uh, the production facility that we have out on Hines Road is a 30 barrel system with 60 and 90 barrel fermenters. So that's where we do all of our canning as well as kegging for production that goes out throughout the state. And we're working at going beyond the state now. Um, and the downtown brewery is a five barrel system that is a uh, visual uh, brewery, as I said earlier. Uh, but we will not be canning or kegging there. We'll just be brewing into bright tanks, which are holding tanks that we'll be tapping fresh beer to the consumer out of. So. So it's your own brand, but and the reason it's a higher quality is that is that isn't that the story? You, you believe your beer is better. Well, we believe that everything we do is better. I mean, <laughs> yours. <laughs> I mean, our whole mantra has always been is that it's it's about fresh, and you know, the the company that really oversees everything within my company is Fresh Food Concepts, and uh, you know when people were talking about local. Uh, which has been a big thing. We, 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 we've been doing that since the beginning of the 80s, uh, doing local and doing fresh. And so, you know, when everybody wants to jump on a bandwagon and say that's what they're doing, well, th that's what you're supposed to do anyway. Right. Um, the difference between what we do and what fast food restaurants and that type is that, you know, 
we prepare food mm. from scratch. And a lot of people say scratch made. Well, you know, show me how you do it, you know. But um, the difference between us and those that aren't is that 80% of the people, whether you know it or not, judge food by two flavor profiles, salt and sugar. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and, and independent restaurants that really have a knack that want to deliver a different quality, a higher quality, that's where the nuances of flavorings and seasonings come in to differentiate between that. But the 80% of the people that go by salt and sugar, you know, the other 20%, that, that is not as big as 80%, obviously. So that becomes a very competitive sector with all people that want to embrace mm -hmm. fresh food. Right. So... Well, good. We'll come back to this, but let's start now back to the beginning. Uh, my memory was you were from Ottumwa, played a lot of tennis, and were pretty good at it. Yeah. And then you went to Parsons College. So tell us how you got from Ottumwa to Parsons to Iowa State and Iowa City. Well, I, I went from Ottumwa to Parsons because I had a tennis scholarship there, and, uh, you know, I didn't have to pay for school, and that was a big thing. But that I was married at a young age and had a child, and— uh, when Parsons closed in my senior year, now Parsons uh, was a college in Fairfield. Old Fairfield. people know about that, but younger people would not know. That's about right, Parsons College. Yeah, it was, it was in Fairfield, <laughs> and now it's MIU, Maharishi International University, right? I believe. But um, when that closed, you could get all of your credit hours either transferred to Iowa or Iowa State uh, in full. So. A lot of the friends that I had accumulated down at the Parsons College, they went to Iowa, and I really wanted to uh, get on with my life because part of college uh, is partying. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so I, what I did was, at that time, decide to move to Ames and, 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 and get on with life. Well, I think that was a good thing, but I actually, I, I'll be truthful, is that I actually expanded my... Uh, portfolio of people to party with because I met new people up there to party with. <laughs> I see. Expand your friendships. Expand them. But then, you know, I, 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 besides going to school uh, for my senior year, I had an opportunity with a guy that I was uh, bartending for that asked me if I would be interested in buying uh, a business from him. And so I remember having this conversation with my dad because I was supposed to student teach for my final semester in State Center, Iowa, I'll never forget that. And I and I didn't do that because I took my $3,000 federally insured student loan <laughs> and went to a bank and was able to convince them to loan me another five. And uh, I went and did all that work and came up a little short. That was always, that was the beginning of me always coming up short when it went to the bank. Right. But I ended up getting another 3,000 from that bank and uh, opened it up and it was my first place and it was called Mondo's on Main. And in Ames. In Ames. And and you know what I did to let people know who we were is that I went out on an old Chicago brick building and I painted it the brightest yellow you ever saw. And it made the front page of the Ames Tribune. And it really angered people because at that time their zoning laws didn't exist to keep people from painting buildings mm -hmm. like that. Well, I initiated that by me painting that building <laughs> yellow, but guess what? Mondo's on Main was on the map. All right. And so mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, that was the beginning, and um, I ended up paying back that $8,000 to that bank in 90 days. Wow. And I was <clears> off to the races, and I never looked back. 
And how did you get to Iowa City? Well, uh, I actually opened my first business, people may not know that, in Iowa City because as I was there, I also became a partner with another gentleman and we opened up what was then called the Copper Dollars. We had one in Ames and we built one where the old, again, this is for people that are <coughs> our age that remember mm -hmm. downtown Iowa City, it was the COD steam laundry. Hmm. And that became the Copper Dollar and that was in 76. And I sold that in 78, all of everything. And I took my money and I went to Ottumwa and uh, opened up a restaurant bar and wanted to go back to my hometown and end up losing all my money. And I ended up having <laughs> a little bit of money left to come up with an old back bar that's at bar. Mickey's. I remember was, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that back bar at Mickey's what came from an iconic <laughs> bar that closed when they had urban renewal here and that was called Donnelly's. And so we put that bar, and I put that bar in there, and I remember doing all that work. I used to do all the work in all my places myself, and I'd have a crew of people that would do it with me. And um, I'll never forget that. I'm sitting there pulling up layers of carpet and linoleum, uh, and all of a sudden I pull up, and there's this terrazzo tile that's the basis of the floor at mm -hmm. Mickey's. Well, Mickey's used to be Smith's Cafe oh, back yeah. in the 50s. Yeah. And that's the way it was. And I'll never forget that because that was like a tremendous, it's like finding gold, a gold mine mm -hmm. because I wanted a tile floor, but I couldn't afford it. And here was one given to me. Uh, but it was really hard to find because it was under probably four or five layers of old flooring. And so uh, I remember going to the First National Bank and talking to Jim Sankster. You remember Jim sure, Sankster. Sure, I yeah. And uh, Great he, banker. Yeah, he was a great man, and he, and he uh, helped me out, and uh, that's, uh, that's how Mickey's was built. So then, you owned, when, when, when did Mickey's open? Mickey's opened in 80. 80, okay. Yeah, and then. It had a great run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still there. I guess you, you sold it eventually, but it's, yeah, it's uh, still there. Yeah, but, you know, that went through a fire. Uh, I'll never forget that that run that I was on, sitting in the top of the First National Bank with uh, my best friend Russ Schmeiser, and uh, it was it was Peddlers and Comer's Pipe Shop, and they the fire was coming to Mickey's, and I I said I'm going to lose it, and it they were able to get it under control at the firewall, uh, and that ended up being a good fire. Because I ended up buying that building uh, and did all the work from the landlord. Oh, I see, yeah. And then he took the insurance proceeds. I took the building as it was and went in there and did the work, and that's how that all went. Well, yeah. yeah. And so, then after that, <clears throat> we, st we built Vanessa's. And that, that was on the Ped Mall, right? That was on the Ped Mall. And, you know, again, that, that, that opened up in 83, and, uh, you know, we did fresh seafood. I remember us having in the front window there uh, chilled ice, and we'd have whole fish, Warsaw groupers, 120, 130-pound fish that we'd fly in and show it on. People walking by said, you can't do fresh fish in Iowa. Well, well, sure you could. You just That was one of my favorite places, really. Vanessa's was always one of my favorite places. Yeah, it, it, and Hid had a good run. and But, you know, th there's always reasons why everybody does everything, but the, the I didn't like the lease there. You know, it had a percentage to it where I had to pay a percentage over a certain amount. And, and, and I just felt like that was unfair taxation. And so um, 
I mean, I already had to pay taxes, and then I'm paying them right. some more juice on top of what my creative uh, business acumen was doing to bring more and more business into it. So anyway, I'm, that that's a different yeah. story on a different day. But from there, we went and across the street and built Giovanni's. Right. And Giovanni's is a unique story. That th that was almost ready to bankrupt me. And I'll never forget, I'm in that building, and it has all this neon and a different kind of decor that was a little bit too far, uh, too radical for the Iowa City consumer. And this man walks in the front door the day of an Iowa football game, and I'm in there working, and he comes up and he says, what is this place? And I said, Giovanni's, and we had casual chit-chat. And I turned the neon on for him and stuff like that. And he said, wow, this place is something else. I said, well, we'll be, we're going to open at 5 o'clock today. Come back and have dinner. He said, well, i I, I got to leave town. And he asked me before he left, how's it doing? I said, not very good, not very good. And he said, I said, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So two weeks later, I get a call from my uncle Louie, who lived in Jersey City. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and he says, Jimmy, you're in the New York Times. Well, that man was Donald Call, who had a syndicated column at that time and used to write for the Des Moines Register. Then he became a syndicated with his column, and it was all over the United States. And the headline on the column in the New York Times that day was Iowa City is alive and uh, no Manhattan is alive and well in Iowa City Iowa well. <clears throat> and then he and then he took this whole column and talked about this restaurant Giovanni's that was uh, Art Deco mm -hmm. and from that point on you couldn't get in the restaurant but that was a God thing. There's no doubt it was yeah, a God thing right. because uh, little things like that can come in all of our lives mm -hmm. and they're gifts. And, uh, you know, we always want to wallow in our misery and we need to forget that and just go with the flow. I've always been a big believer. Right. You go with the flow and you do the best you can and things will happen. Well, good. Uh, a couple of things. Let's cover your family. You have three daughters, right? And they're how old are they? And well, what are they up to? Yeah, there's Lauren, 28, Anna's 26, and Mary's 23. Um, and Lauren is in New York City, Anna's in Boston, and uh, Mary's in Chicago. And I didn't let any, you know, I never wanted any of my kids to be in my business, and they're not, but they're all three unbelievable chefs as well as bakers. Hmm. Uh, and again, uh, always willing to give me advice. <laughs> I guess that's good. Yeah, it is good. But, uh, this, the, the restaurant business is a very, very difficult business to be in. And, uh, it's, and I've enjoyed it tremendously and, uh, you know, things have always come along and we, you know, we look at how we can develop concepts and, in some cases, we do that for people, and in other cases, we do it for ourselves. Okay. But now, I, where you're at today, I, I think Joseph's is still there. It's a great institution, mm -hmm. survived COVID. It, it has a niche. It's just it's a quality place, and and you still and the reunion now both in Corville and now, of course now downtown, and then you've got the Bread Garden, right, which is a a major business, right? It's besides I call it my favorite grocery store. 
it, it's more than that, right? You cater, you do all sorts. Right, you do all sorts of things. Well, that that thing has morphed into more than what it was in the beginning. Mark Moen came to us, or me actually, and he said, "When I say us, I use that because all my people are part of what I do. It's not me; it's my people." And uh, wanted us to take over the space that is the bread garden. And I said, "There's no way." And I told him what it would take for me to do it, and he said, well, there's no way I will do that. <laughs> and I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but uh, it's important for me to own my real estate whenever I do anything, and that was part of it, and we'll just leave it at yeah. that. But a year later, Mark, who I've always said that someday when Mark passes, the things that he's done for downtown Iowa City, they're gonna probably erect a statue of him right and before that statue gets erected there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown his way because people don't know him and the mm -hmm. good things that he's done and I said Mark even though they do that statue when you're gone I want you to know that even though you've been getting shit on by a lot of people that <laughs> right. don't know who you are when they do that statue the pigeons would be shitting on you too so anyway <laughs> Uh, so we did the deal to do the bread garden, and uh, it was really uh, a Mark Moen thing that put that together because it had to be very uh, positioned for us to not fail. But I knew that with all the restaurants that we had, there's two things in the grocery store that, makes it, that make it work or not work, and it's called shrinkage and labor. But, you know, grocery stores, if they're not selling proteins that have a shelf life, as well as vegetables that have shelf life, then all of a sudden that erodes into their profitability. Well, I knew that we could take all the meats, the chickens and things like that, and move it into the restaurants. And I knew we could do the same thing with the vegetables. Right. So that was the, the thing that got us in the grocery store business, because other than that, we didn't know anything about it. But I knew that we could probably figure out how to rotate a box of Cheerios. <laughs> Right. Because I don't know about you or anybody else, but we probably all have Cheerios or some kind of box cereal in our cupboard that's been there for over a year. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, is that that's how we got in the grocery business. And then it morphed where we became a, a, a big into catering. I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I'd say that they're the largest caterer that I know of in this whole sector of the, of right. the state. I mean, we cater a lot. And we have the ability to do that because we have a lot of kitchen space, not just there, but at the other restaurants that sometimes get pulled into it. We have our own bakery, uh, which we have with the Bread Garden Bakery, which is part of the Bread Garden store. Right. So that's that's what we do. We should mention, too, the Bread Garden. I've been involved in some community organizations. You've been very generous in support of the Inglet Theater, the School District Foundation. I mean, the Bread Garden has gone above and beyond providing, I guess, free food to support, you know, 501c3 groups. Well, I appreciate you saying that. We, we kind of have always, we've embraced that. We kind of like it to keep it under the low side. We don't go too much letting people know that, but it, it's part of what you do if you're going to be involved in a community. Uh, and, and that's never been a difficult thing for us to do because it's just, it's just the natural way that things should take place. We should wrap this up pretty quick. Uh, as we close this out, um, 
I know you've, you've thought a lot about life and stuff. Give me some of your philosophies, uh, what you believe in as you go forward. I mean, just just generally, you know, what's you know, what, what advice would you give somebody? I guess if you're a 35 year old person listening to this, what's what's some advice you'd give them? Well, I, I give advice to employees, young employees, all the time that are struggling. Uh, they don't know where their place is and where they're going and what they're doing. And, and, and you know, I, I'm a God guy. I always have been. And I'm not shy about that. And, um, you know, we're in a world where, you know, sometimes people don't think you should be able to talk about that. But, you know, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. And, and, I'll, and I'll say to these people, do you believe in God? And 99% of them say yes. And I said, do you believe that you're a child of God? And they pause and they say yes. I said, is God immortal? And they say, yeah. I said, well, guess what? If you're his child, you're immortal too. Quit worrying so much every day about the things that you worry about and embrace that you're a child of God and that you're immortal and do the best that you can at whatever you do and it will all work out. Well, that's uh, pretty simple in a way, yeah. Simple for me, and that's how I believe, and uh, I, I think there's just a lot of common sense behind it. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, I do want to can thank you for your support of the downtown. You believe in the downtown. It's in, you know, it's important to the whole area besides just the downtown. That the new reunion operation is a is I think it'll be a huge asset. So that's I, it means a lot. You you're committed, and the bread garden is. It's a meeting place. Besides my little grocery store, people go there to meet people. It's 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 really it's it's, it's unique. So appreciate your support of everything, everything you've done. Well, thank you very much for having me here, and um, all of those out here listening, all of you have a great day and a great holiday season. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Tom's new best friend is brought to you by West Bank. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.